Joining me on the uh, podcast uh, today is uh, Brad Hutton, Fire Chief with the uh, Redverse Fire Department. Uh, hi, Brad. How are you? Oh, doing good, Lyle. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I know uh, you and I have chatted quite a bit over the course of the years, but uh, I want to take a few moments for everybody in southeast uh, Saskatchewan to get to know Brad Hutton just a little bit better than maybe they, they already do, especially for the folks in Redverse in the southeast corner of the province, uh, Brad. Where did, you, uh, where did you grow up as a child, Brad, uh, with your family? Where did that uh, transpire from? Well, I've always been Redvers. Um, grew up on a family farm north of Redvers, about 10 miles. Um, so, yeah, growing up through younger years, worked on the farm. We always had mixed farms, so there's livestock, uh, mostly cattle and hogs when I was growing up, and then always farmed grainland as well. So did- lots of experience. Did you after animals and growing crops? Did you have a fairly big family then, uh, Brad? Growing up, ah, uh, yeah, I had two brothers and two sisters, so there's five of us. Okay. Now, at what point, I guess, uh, throughout uh, high school and and of course, uh, growing up in a small community, Redverse. I grew up out on the west side of the province in a community of Piapot, out by Maple Creek. But um, at what point did you start thinking about uh, firefighting, and and how did that all kind of come into play for you? Well, it's like every young kid's dream, I guess. You always see fire trucks and hear sirens, and it was always, I don't know, a thing that was a passion, I guess, to someday get on a fire department. Now, I went through a lot of years of uh, playing sports and everything else and went to tech school before I ever did join a department, though. I was going to mention uh, Redverse is known for their athletes, and uh, whether it's Big Six or ball or whatever the case may be. So what uh, what sports did you uh, enjoy the most then, Brad, growing up there in Redverse? I mostly played lots of hockey, um, minor hockey through young years, and then I played some double-A hockey with a current of team for a couple of years. Um, in between, I enjoyed curling as well and kind of laid back to just doing curling uh, still in the future here. Uh, imagine that, a uh, Saskatchewan guy liking curling, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Between curling and bond stealing, it's all uh, part of the game. So Yeah, isn't that, isn't that the truth, eh? Yeah, for sure. My goodness. So so when you finished school then, Brad, did you come back to Redverse and, and somehow make that transition into uh, into firefighting? Uh, yeah, because uh, when I went to, uh, after high school, I moved on to uh go into agriculture technician. So I worked at the local John Deere dealership uh, when it was Prosper for, well, I guess it'd be 10 years. I took pre-employment in the Cinnaboya Community College in Brandon, and then through working with Prosper and apprenticeshiping, I got my full journeyman's ticket through SIAS in Saskatoon. Man, that's great. That's a good uh, That's a good trail, to uh, to say the least. Now, did you start out like guys and gals are starting now with you as far as uh, just applying to be a volunteer firefighter in Redverse? Um, yeah, we we haven't really had to advertise much looking for people. Um, we've kind of headhunted and found a group, and then there's always people on the street that'll ask or quiz us, and if they're a fit and want to do the role and um, put the time and hours and training and meetings and stuff, we definitely sign them up and go with them and get them through the proper first couple levels of firefighter training so they're aware of the safeties and dangers and just uh, fighter behavior in general. 
Now, as far as the uh, the department itself is concerned, uh, Brad, I know you guys have just done a a ton of upgrades, uh, whether it's equipment or training or whatever the case may be over the years. But I'd like for you to take a few seconds and just kind of reflect on that. And if you could uh, share that with our audience today. Right. Um, so I joined, when I joined fire department was 1999. Um, and we ran, well, we had a, well, separate RM truck and town truck, but they both went to calls together. And then we ran a rescue unit as well. And it was stored in a, a shed with the ambulance by the hospital. So we had like 1970s vehicles, a small little fire hall that held two trucks. And that's all you could really fit in there. And then the ambulance was in, or the rescue truck was in with the ambulance. So I remember once or twice going on a call where you take off the fire trucks and it's an accident. It's like, oh crap, we better run grab the rescue truck it was a separate building um so yeah that's what it was like when i started um i can't remember about five years ago we built the new fire hall um before we had the new fire hall though we upgraded one of the trucks and we picked up a 2007 tanker unit so it carried 2,000 gallons of water and was also firefighter um capable to run as an engine as well got the proper pump on it to do structure fires um we've done a lot of truck changes in between here and there we've picked up a 98 rescue truck from swift current uh we got a retired calgary fire truck that was donated through a loris garbage disposal company and we bought a 2005 crew cab engine as well was, uh, we did lots of searching to find it because we wanted lots of water capacity as well. So it's a thousand gallon unit with fire pump and mid shift pump mounted on it. If I'm not mistaken, Brad, uh, recently you also got, and I can't remember the uh, the name of it, but there was some type of a piece of equipment that you were using uh, on scene for various uh, specific accidents, and I can't remember the name of that. Um, yeah. So equipment wise. I'm kind of a little bit spoiled or think of myself as a bit spoiled with the town and RM. We definitely do lots of consulting and meetings and budgeting for sure. So yeah, equipment wise, the stuff you would be thinking about that recently was purchased is a heavy rescue uh, set up so we can lift semi cement trucks. Uh, we can deal with, well, big accidents involving heavy trucks, tractors, et cetera, that, um, we don't have heavy wrecker tow trucks and stuff right on our doorstep. So we figured this was a necessity. So it's the kit itself was, well, the strut part was 28,000. And then we picked up the hydrofusion jacks this year as well. There are another 13 to go with it. So very fortunate to have that um, for any heavy rescues we run into. And this is not jinx and nothing, but we have had several, uh, either semi-accidents or uh, farm equipment type accidents involved with semis on highways. So it's definitely a good backup to have in the back pocket. I guess that's why they call them accidents, uh, Brad, is because you never know when they're going to happen or how severe uh, they're going to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess we could, some of the other equipment that we've had, too, in the past, you always hear of accidents and different stuff that goes on. So the years of the flooding, we got called out to two or three vehicle accidents. Uh, 
we got called out one night when a car was completely submerged in a slough with no idea if there's people in it. Um, we had to borrow a neighbor's canoe or aluminum boat to get out to it. So that raised the flag. And we'd also went out in the flooding there when the roads got washed out and we had to make our way out to a truck once with a rope and a safety harness. So that quickly got us into the rescue boat and water suits. So we carry complete water and ice rescue. Um, and there was an accident once out in the corral area with a grain bin entrapment. And that raised the flag with all these big bins and how they empty out center auger pull downs and stuff if you get in and get trapped. So we've done training and picked up all the equipment for grain rescue as well. Um, and the heavy rescue trucks definitely go along with part of all of our accident scenes. Um, and then just the regular firefighting trucks and fire equipment's always kept up to date. Uh, small vehicle hydraulic uh, rescue rams, cutters, etc. Jaws of life we carry as well. To go with all this other stuff is lots of specialty training as well. So we've done lots of ropes and ladders. Uh, we've taken courses on proper anchoring uh we carry complete pulley setups, uh, tripods, et cetera, to make sure if we do come across or have to lift people, we know the proper procedures to pull on and how, like, just understanding the strain you put on a body, your human body, say, pulling them out of a entrapment. Like, you got to understand that you can't be just pulling and yanking. you got to get to the source, release the pressure, and do a proper rescue at all times. Wow. You know, for the average person out for a nightly stroll, I don't think it matters what community, nobody is thinking about what you just explained. Yeah, it's definitely an eye-opener. And uh, um, and then to go with, like, having all the equipment and stuff, we, like, we promote safety through the community, too. I know, like, everybody likes to see fire trucks and parades and stuff. Um, sometimes we spread stuff out and have demonstrations on trailers just so people know what's actually in the trucks. We definitely hit schools for fire week. Now, can I catch myself lying a little bit here? Because the last couple of years and this year we missed it too. Due to COVID and restraints, we didn't do a proper fire pre- presentation in the school. But we had the books and we handed out stuff. Um, a couple of years ago as well, we did a couple of distracted uh, driving slash uh, drunk driving presentations just to keep the uh, 15, 16 year olds aware like just because you get a license you still have rules and like just the everyday things how quick they can happen and change lives. I'm glad you brought up that community work because that was on my radar screen uh, Brad but now I just want to quickly flip back to arriving at one of those scenes. Um, how do you manage to keep the team, the crew on board as far as uh, the the target is concerned when you arrive where you need that equipment to uh, to remove somebody? Like that's got to be a pretty hairy moment for everybody who's on the scene at that one moment of time for, for the department, especially when you've been driving for maybe 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, sometimes even more to get there. Um, how do you manage to just keep everybody, you know, on, on base? Well, it, um, yeah, it's difficult. Uh, any accident scene you go into, you never know what you're coming across or going to run into. Now I have people on the department that 
I know do not want to deal with accidents and stuff. Now there's always a place for them. So what we do is we try to get our team together. That's going to do the rescue, uh, possible fire uh, control at a scene. Um, and then the guys that we want to hold back a bit, we keep them in charge of traffic and redirecting traffic and just being in charge of safety and, controlling everybody else and making sure the scene stays safe as well. Um, and then, yeah, we always, once you get there, somebody's in incident command, so you always have somebody kind of directing and focusing what tools uh, are required. Uh, one thing everybody always overlooks is, like, safety for us as well. So, you, like, strut, strutting vehicles, blocking stuff, it's always got to be in the back of the mind of the guy running the scene um and then just anything else in the area if there's gas lines power lines down any scene like you gotta take care of yourselves you gotta do proper lockouts if there's powers involved uh if there's gas leaks you obviously gotta get static energy involved so now when it comes now when it comes to traffic uh brad how has that been lately i know that that the urgency to slow down to 60 and pay attention to, you know, emergency crews when they're on the road. Um, how do you feel that's going? Is that headed in the right direction as far as a fire chief is concerned? Um, yeah, for the most part, it's in the right direction in our southeast corner here anyways. Um, we do spread the trucks out and we have uh, LED lit signs, flash and stop or slow. Um, we get the pylons out right away and make sure um, to kind of give a direction. You got to do the best to redirect people to make it work for everybody as well. And once there's a direction of control, it definitely helps um, make people aware to slow down. Okay, let's move on to something just a, a little bit lighter on the uh, the screen here this today, uh, Brad. Now, as far as the department is concerned, how are, how are you guys sitting as far as uh, recruitment and members? Are you always looking, or is uh, is everything pretty comfortable right now? Well, we're always definitely always looking, or always got your eyes on the radar, looking for people, or if people approach us, definitely consider at all times. We're sitting with, I believe, twenty one members right now. Uh, one's a junior uh, student that's still in grade twelve, so he's attending meetings and training and playing a role as part of the department um, shows up at events and stuff that we host. So, but yeah, always looking. And I don't know when you're looking, you always, you'd like to handpick people, but you know, you can't, it's nice to have a variety of like, if you could have an electrician, a carpenter, you try to get a spread of people that are in different industry. Cause that definitely helps with a lot of, well, just safety and, everything else that can go on at a scene. I could see that. That's for sure. That's uh, that's a good thought process on, on your part. Um, now, as far as the fire chief in the community, Brad, how has is, how is that looked upon uh, for you? I mean, especially a homeboy who grew up there, played hockey there. Um, you must be uh, pretty well liked and respected throughout Redverse area, I would think. Growing up in the town and community, definitely... I fit in and enjoy visiting and being around people. Is there anything you want to add to the uh, podcast uh, today, Brad, that I may have missed that you feel is important? I guess I sit on a Saskatchewan Association of Fire Chiefs board. I got on there this year. 
um, I thought just being some knowledge and being in the southeast corner, I put in for zone three reps. So nice. I'm do that for a couple of years here and see how that turns out. So I get to talk to all the different, there's 10 zones in Saskatchewan. So we have monthly meetings and then, if, well, I sit on the public education part too that's part of the government slash BSAFC board. So that was the part that played the role of getting uh, books out to students this year throughout the province of Saskatchewan. So that helped for Fire Week. And we're always looking for different ideas for fire prevention. Well, we got a trailer to pass around the province and different stuff. So, yeah, and if there's any questions ever about any fire stuff, they can be directed towards me and I'll definitely put it on the radar for the board meeting. You know what, Brad? That's great. I'm glad you brought that up. Kudos to you for doing that. And that's uh, that's what I like to call some uh, some great networking right there. And you're certainly doing it. You know what? Brad Hutton, Fire Chief of the uh, Redverse uh, thank you so much for joining me today, and uh, I just really appreciate it, and it was great uh, getting to know you just that much better, Brad. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Lyle.